Hey legends, welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. And you know it, we keep it real here. Hey, this is going to be a tough series for some people. It's going to be a liberating series for others. But at the heart of it, what I want to accomplish is to shine a light on something that we hardly ever talk about. And that's discrimination. Multiple different ways that people have been discriminated against and people are continuously discriminated against. In this episode, we won't have overarching theme. We're going to talk about what we're going to get after. And then episode two, we'll follow up with some subject matter experts. Episode three, you'll hear warrior stories of discrimination and how they were discriminated against. Episode four, we'll answer some questions from the field and do a close up, wrap up with our warriors and how they persevered after discrimination. And then in episode five, we're going to have some power chiefs on to talk about what real leadership looks like and what right leadership looks like to build an inclusive and diverse organization that thrives on both of those principles, being inclusive and being diverse and celebrating in that and how you can have a very, very strong team. So without further ado, let's get it kicking with episode one. Hey there, legends. Welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. Uh, glad Glad you found your way back to us. Uh, and as you know, as you saw the uh, show notes, uh, kind of the advertisement for this podcast series, we're going to have five uh, different podcasts in this series. And we're going to be talking about inclusion and diversity in the United States Air Force. I think it's important uh, that we preface every conversation that we have. So I'll read uh, something I have typed out, and I want to make sure that I put in every one of my episodes on this topic. And I'll preface every conversation with this. Nothing is pre-decisional. Every case and situation has its own unique set of circumstances, and the Air Force has published and clearly communicated its position on inclusion and diversity. Uh, just type in, uh, go into Google and type in Air Force diversity, and, and you'll be able to see it'll, sites will pop up, and you'll be able to see exactly what the Air Force stance is on, on diversity. Now, some of the things I'll go through in my show, uh, we, we will talk about and I will highlight uh, different things that senior leaders, our most senior leaders, have talked about when it comes to inclusion and diversity. I am a Chief Master Sergeant in the United States Air Force. I love our Air Force. I love our Airmen. And I love serving our country. Uh, but so I think it's important for the audience to understand and realize that this this is my personal, these are my personal and professional beliefs, not to be construed with an official position of the United States Air Force. Uh, so as you heard me say, I love the Air Force. I love our Airmen. And, and when I see a problem or I hear about a problem, I'm going to speak on it and try to highlight that issue, that particular issue, and, and, you know, bring it to the forefront so that we as leaders can focus on it and fix it, solve that problem. And I think everyone would agree with me uh, as I take that position that as we see problems in our Air Force, we should address them. I think something else important to note here as we get started on this first episode, which is the overarching theme for what we're talking about, which is inclusion and diversity in the United States Air Force, for our civilian counterparts, our civilian audience, uh, this is directed uh, and directly for our airmen in the United States Air Force. Now, the principles and ideals which we will talk about, you can apply across any organization, but I just want to be transparent, right, uh, with you and let you know that this is specifically geared for airmen. So there's going to be some some jargon and some acronyms probably used uh, that might not be as you know, transcendent across every organization, like I usually try to keep it. But it, this is an important topic for our airmen and, and an important topic for our Air Force. 
and, and I want to discuss it. Now, I think it's also fair to say that we have come a long, long way in both of the areas, in, in inclusion and diversity, right? So I really kind of see that as, you know, you're, we're a very divi- diverse force and we have to be inclusive of everyone. So I, I see those not as interchangeable, but go together congruent. We have come a long way. We've done a lot of great things. But if you're sitting there and, and you're saying we are, we're good enough, then that's a problem and we're failing. And as you know, as, as legendary leaders, we cannot be okay with status quo. We have to continue to get better. Now, also understand that a lot of people don't want to talk about this, you know, for various reasons. I think some people are literally concerned with getting caught up in a conversation and their words being misconstrued and utilized against them in some way. Some people potentially have, maybe they're on the on the teetering fence of not knowing whether they discriminate against someone or, or said some things they shouldn't have said. Therefore, they don't want to talk about the topic either. So there's a multitude of reasons, I think, why people don't talk about this. But that's not going to stop us, is it? Because we're legendary leaders. You wear boots, I wear boots. We're going to lace them up and we're going to kick this door open. So as we get going through this, it's also important to understand, well, first off, I'm not a subject matter expert, right? This is just real talk with Caleb and we're having a discussion, but it's important to understand that I am not a subject matter expert on equal opportunity or diversity or inclusion. But don't worry, I got you back. I've invited some SMEs on the show, some subject matter experts uh, that are going to show up and, and on episode two and help us kind of you know, get through some terminology and some definitions, some statistics, and, and just get a better feel for, you know, exactly what we're going to get into. So, you know, there's also a lot of different terms that we can throw at these types of things, right? So some people might say, well, you know, Caleb, it's not really, it's not really racial slurs. It's not racism. It's not this. It's not that. It's social biases or microaggression. And okay, cool. You put whatever term you want to put on it. But what I can guarantee you it is, or it is not, I should say, is professional. It doesn't match our Air Force core values of integrity first and service before self and excellence in all we do. If it doesn't pass a three-gate test, the words that come out of our mouth, if they don't pass a three-gate test, then they shouldn't be said. Is it necessary? Is it true? Is it kind? Say that for you again. Is it necessary? Is it true? Isn't it? And is it kind? If it don't, pa- if it doesn't pass those three gate tests, then why are we saying? It? And it's most likely not professional. So whatever term that you want to put on it, it does not represent a true professional in the profession of arms, a United States Airman. It doesn't. There's also we should discuss this too. There are multitudes of forms of discrimination. And we can't possibly, over the next five episodes, go into every form of discrimination. That does not mean that I do not think that they're important, that they should be talked about, or that I don't care about them. That does not mean any of that. What it means is I simply don't have enough time to cover all of it in five episodes. And those that are willing to come forward and share their story. Something else in this introduction episode, if you will. This is not going to be an if-then. And what I mean by that, it's not going to be where you hear our warriors that come on and share their stories of discrimination, how they were discriminated against in episode three, and a recap in episode four. 
it's not going to be about trying to figure out if their story is true or not, or cut them down in any way, or compare, or anything of that nature. What we simply, my goal, my heart and my soul on this situation is to shine a light on it, because we do have a problem with discrimination in our Air Force, and a full sense of inclusion in our Air Force. Not at the senior levels. No, SECAF and Chief of Staff and Chief Master of the Air Force. No, no, that's not where the problem is. We all agree. I guarantee all of us could agree. And if we can't, then that's a whole other topic of discussion. And why are you even an airman in the United States Air Force? That that we should be inclusive. We are a diverse force. And that our senior leaders fully 100% support that. Now we'll read off some things that General Goldfine has said, Chief Wright has said, in their last AFA, well, not the last AFA, but in the Air Force Association of 2019. So I'll read some of that off and, and we'll get a feel for how they feel about it, just reminding everyone. So multiple different ways to look at it, multiple different facets of discrimination. It does happen. I think if we look at it this way, right? I know there's different, like I just said, different lenses we can look at discrimination through. But if let's put our, our hats on, if you will, and look at it from two separate, I guess you could call them columns or two separate viewpoints. And unless, again, I understand there are multiple, just bear with me. Look at, we'll look at one viewpoint of, in the reality, these are realities, of people that have received some form of discrimination, whether it's racial, sexual preference, religious preference, whatever it is, they've received some type of discrimination. Or, and or they've seen some type of discrimination towards another fellow airman. And then you have people who have not received any discrimination at all, at least not to their knowledge, nor and or have they seen anyone discriminated against in our Air Force. So if we can break it down into those two major thought processes and realities, I think that's a good starting point. Well, now that we've got that established, a couple of different major columns, if you will, I got my coffee, I'm ready to rock and roll, and let's just go ahead and dig into this. So remember we had you know, two major you know, thought processes and realities on discrimination and inclusion when it comes to the Air Force. And, and so something else, if I may go back and, and regress a little bit into the first major points I was making, hey, we're not a coddling corporation. Right, United States Air Force is not a coddling corporation. Uh, we are a warfighting entity. That's what we do. We're, we're a warfighting entity. We we wage war on our enemies, our nation's enemies. So we're not a coddling corporation. Sometimes, and we look at those two columns, the type ones uh, that say that there isn't any discrimination because one, they either either haven't received any discrimination themselves or against them, haven't been discriminated against, or haven't seen it in our Air Force. So they're, therefore, they're susceptible, susceptible, excuse me, to believe that it is not a problem in our Air Force. It's a very naive way to look at it, to think that it isn't happening because it is happening in our Air Force. But regardless, you know, that, so we'll call those type ones and the type twos are, are the individuals that have been discriminated against and or have seen someone, another fellow airman discriminated against. So Type ones might say, well, this is just mushy-gushy, sit around a campfire, seen come by ya, or whatever. 
And I just ask you to hit pause on that thought if you're in a type one count. Just hit pause, not on the podcast, but hit pause on your attitude. And I'm just going to ask you to lean in and listen. Look, nobody even has to know. So your friends that, that might accuse you of being too soft and, you know, this, this isn't your type of leadership, they don't even know you have to know you're, you're listening right now. So I just want you to lean in and listen. Keep an open mind because that's what leaders do. We keep open minds, open ears, and open eyes because it is happening. And while we're not a coddling corporation, we will treat airmen as human beings with dignity and respect that we all deserve as human beings. Now back to the Codling Corporation. We aren't that. We will hold people to a standard. I've held people to a standard for 19 years now. Well, not technically 19 years. That's how long I've been in the Air Force. So from NCO days forward, so 2004 forward, maybe some would even say as an A1C, I thought I was a colonel. I don't know. But, but you know, moving forward as an NCO, I've held people to a standard. Now, I didn't always do it right. Now, you can hear more about that on my failures episodes. But I never discriminated against anyone when I was holding them to the standard. I didn't, any one person, no matter what your ethnicity was, no matter what your religious preference was, none of that mattered in the regard of how I held you to the standard. So for people sitting out there right now saying, hey, this is just holding people to the standard, well, I can promise you it's not. You don't have to discriminate against people or degrade them as a human being to hold them to a standard to meet our readiness requirements as a warfighting organization. You don't. So let's just go ahead and hit pause on that attitude and just go ahead and lean in, keep an open mind, open eyes, and open ears. We have blind spots. Type ones. I'm talking to you right now. So the type twos understand this. They've been discriminated against, remember, or seen it happen. So right now I'm talking to, to the leaders and organizations that have the opportunity to stop discrimination. And to make sure that they're building inclusive organizations. It is happening. You need to look across your formations. And if you don't see it happening, you need to ask yourself, do I have the right feedback mechanism set in place? So, because, let's check it out. Y'all know me, I keep it real around here. I like to think I'm approachable. I believe I am approachable to some people. But let's face it, I'd be very, very naive if I thought I was approachable to 100% of the people in my organization. I'm going to say that again so you can hear it. Maybe it's not hitting your ears just right, so I'm going to say it again. I would be very, very naive, and you need to wear this this boot if it fits as well. Very, very naive to think that I'm 100% approachable by everyone in my organization. Actually, it's not just me. That's any of us. We're human beings. So if you think that you're 100% approachable to everyone in your organization, that's fallacy. I don't care how good you are. Not everyone in your organization is going to feel 100% like they can come up and just talk to you about anything that's going on. So you need to look at your feedback mechanisms. Is there a way for people to do it anonymously? I, I ran into a person, I'll, I'll leave nameless, one time in my career that gave me some very, <laughs> uh, I won't say candid, but gave me some very direct feedback on their thoughts and beliefs on anonymous feedback tools. Now, I know they do have their their pros and their cons to anonymous feedback tools, but I've seen a lot more pros from it than I have cons. And some of the cons, some of you might be sitting there wondering right now, some of the cons could be sending you down a, a, a rabbit hole, proverbial speaking, of course. Send you down a rabbit hole, chasing things that, that turn out to be nothing. But I would much rather have that as an opportunity or a potential to happen, low probability, and all the other stuff that you can find out about what's going on in your organization to be able to put eyes and ears to the ground and get things solved and accomplished in a good way, right? 
So anyway, this person gave me feedback and said, you know, Caleb, everybody just needs to have a face-to-face conversation. Uh, well, homie, that's cool and everything. I, I wish that everybody, you know, felt comfortable enough and come up and talk to me and you and anybody else for that matter. But that's just not the fact of it. The fact of it is not everyone's going to do that. Matter of fact, very few people would be comfortable enough to do that. And you can do everything in your power as a leader to be approachable as much as possible. There's still people in the organization. Just remember back when you were an Airman Basic or an Airman First Class. Would, would you have gone up and talked to the chief or the senior master sergeant or the master sergeant? What if something that was going on in your organization, the discrimination that was happening either to you or to someone you knew, was happening to one of those well-respected and liked individuals? Or I'm sorry, was happening from. So one of the well-respected and well-liked individuals in the organization was the one that was doing the discrimination. Would you have gone up and told somebody? Probably not. In most cases, no. And as you peel the onion back on discrimination as it, it as it happens across our Air Force, and you know the investigations run, and you, and you look into it, and it's it's proven there was discrimination or there was, you know, unprofessional activity. It is most of the time from the well-respected or well-liked individual. And everybody's sitting there scratching their heads like, how did this happen? Because they had some people fooled. And some of the stories you'll hear in episode three and four will get after that. One of the stories in particular gets after that, how someone was well-respected, well-liked in the organization. And nobody, just nobody did anything about it. So again, for the type ones, it might be sitting there thinking it, it doesn't happen. I promise you it does. And I, and I want to shine light on this because until every airman that walks into the door or through the door of their organization feels like they are being assessed only on their performance, then we have to keep fighting. So again, yes, we've made a lot of strides in the right direction, getting after the right things. But we can't stop there because it's not finished. And so to my type one sitting there listening right now, Please listen to episode three and four. If nothing else, listen to episode three and four. I want you to hear the voice. You won't see the face, but hear the voice of someone that has been scarred. Oh, well, Caleb, they just need tough skin. I don't know who they are you're talking about, but I hear it all the time. They just People need tough skin. Okay. Really? Is that, is that, is that the angle we're going to take on this? Well, in my organization, in my FSC, we just have to have tough skin around here. Okay. Because that must be... Let me look back into core values real quick. Or maybe I can look at what General Goldfein or Chief Wright said. Let me read through that again, because maybe I just missed it in there where he said, you must have tough skin and take unprofessional behavior and be discriminated against to be a good airman. Let me read that. No, no, it doesn't say that anywhere. So don't come at me with that crap. Where you're talking about you might have, you have to have tough skin, thick skin. If you're, if you're sitting there telling me that you can't raise up a warrior, train up a warrior, in a professional manner, then you don't have any business leading our airmen. I'll say that to you again because it might not hit your ears right. If you cannot raise up a warrior, if you cannot train, motivate, and inspire warriors in our Air Force without discriminating against them or being unprofessional, then you don't have any, any means or business being a leader of our airmen. You know, my son, he's getting ready to join the Air Force, 19 years old. He's actually in delayed enlistment. 
recruiters talk to him about it. I've talked to him about it, about how how we benefit from a diverse force and how inclusive we are as a force and how that we're going to utilize that to our strengths as an Air Force. And that's right. That's 100% right. I'm proud to be an airman. So, so don't mishear me. We have done a lot of things right, and we're doing a lot of things right, but we can just get better because as leaders, again, as leaders, we can't just sit here and be okay with status quo. No, we got to keep pressing. We got to keep getting better. So just think about that brand new airman that walks into your organization. Are they judged solely based on performance? Are they judged based on skin color when they come in or their ethnicity or their sexual preference? And again, I know there's a full list of different discriminators. Just using a couple. Read you something from General Goldfein. Recruiting and retaining diverse airmen cultivates innovation. Huh. Like different aircraft and missions make up one tasking order or air tasking order, different people make the best teams when integrated purposefully together. Chief Wright followed that up with to remain the world's most dominant air force. It is important that we have the right airmen with the right skill sets and the right attitude in the right place at the right time. It goes back to we're not a coddling corporation I just mentioned earlier. But let me reread that because maybe somewhere in there it does say you must have the right skin color or sexual preference. Let me read that again to, to remain in the world's most dominant. No, you know it doesn't say that. Why do we still do it? Why do we have up and down the, the chain of command? Different, various, various different levels. I mean, look at Air Force Times and, and you'll see it or some of the stories that will be told here on episode three and four. Why do we still have a problem? And, and some might say that, you know, maybe the town you come from, the background you come from, the way you were raised. I say, okay. So maybe it's, it's discrimination fueled by ignorance. Is that what we're saying? Because maybe I can understand that a little bit. I mean, I know that we're in the 21st century, but there are still pockets of our nation. We recruit from all over the nation, right? That's why we're a diverse force. So we recruit all over the place. We recruit civilians. And, and let's be honest, we recruit civilians to be airmen, to be warriors. We can't control their backgrounds. I can't control whether they had a good upbringing or not. I can't control whether they grew up in a... a a racist family or not. I can't control if their family used multiple discriminators against other people. I can't. You can't control that either. But what we 100% can control is when they step through our gates at Lackland Air Force Base and forward, that we treat them as human beings with dignity and respect. Base our assessments off their performance. Get to know them. I'll take you down boot leadership lane just a second here. Get to know them. Know their story. Educate them. So when you leave, you might have left your small hometown of however many people you had and however many stoplights you did or didn't have. And maybe you only knew what you knew. So you mean to tell me that you went through basic military training and you went through technical training and something didn't start clicking to say, oh, well, things are a little different in the Air Force. We are a diverse force, and we include everyone, regardless of you name it. So why is it when we get to an operational Air Force base that we, I mean, it happens in other places too, but where I see it predominantly in my experience, 
again, I'm not a subject matter expert, just been in my 19 years of experience. You see it at the operational Air Force. And it could be people stuck in their ways. I hear that a lot. I, what is stuck in your ways? Is it stuck in that small town we just talked about or big town? It doesn't matter. But stuck in your upbringing? So you missed your Air Force core values. You forgot to tuck them in your cargo pocket when you left basic military training? Because, you know, some people, it's imprinted on their heart. Right? I mean, again, we're just having some real talk. I'm sipping on my coffee over here. Some people, it's imprinted on their heart. And then some people, they, they need to check that as their, their check baggage. They need to put that in their cargo pocket because it doesn't stick with them. And hey, I get it. So from so many different backgrounds, it might be the first time you've heard anything about integrity for our service, for self and excellence and all we do and all that that means and all that goes with it and about treating each other with dignity and respect. Treating each other as a human being. Maybe it does take more than basic military training and tech school. So why is it when we get to our operational bases, when the airman walks through the door, they're not always. Now, again, a lot of times they are based on appropriate things like, I don't know, performance. But why is it that sometimes they're not? Why does that happen? Why does it happen across our formations and our organizations and we don't know? Well, like General Goldfein pointed out in that same AFA, he says, good leaders understand what they do not see or know and are open to those who bring those blind spots into view. I don't know if you've heard him talk about it or not, but the Band-Aid story he talks about where um, there was a uh, senior enlisted leader, an African-American senior enlisted leader that had presented a problem and said he, General Goldfein said he didn't understand what the problem was because he dropped a, a box of Band-Aids on the, on the desk there. And I, I paraphrase a lot of this. And then uh, the senior leader, enlisted leader, he put the Band-Aid on his skin and obviously there was, you know, a, a, a discrepancy, if you will, is a different color versus the skin. And, you know, then General Goldfein says, you know, he, it highlighted to him that is there only one choice being presented here? If I'm not a certain color or a certain belief system or a certain sexual preference that I'm not going to be successful in this shop, in this organization, in this office, in this squadron, what kind of message are we sending our airmen? Or are we sending the message to them when they walk through the door, you're accepted? We're all about this in the Air Force. We're about accepting people where they are, what they believe. Come into the team and make the team stronger. Bring your uniqueness with you to make the team stronger. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes that doesn't happen. Now, a lot of times it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Because we do have some good leaders in the Air Force. Good leaders recognize diversity and attributes that it brings to the Air Force. Look at it this way. When we recruited those civilians to be airmen, did that human being see themselves in us in the Air Force. I tell you what, if you haven't done this recently, I would I would challenge you to go out and do it. Go pretend that, that you're not an airman right now and that you want to become an airman. Just go to the website. Go Google, become an airman. Whatever you want to type in there and, and see what pops up. I'll tell you what, you're going to be... You, first off, if you haven't done it in a while, uh, we, we've come a long way in, in technology and, and how we advertise the Air Force, so to speak. Uh, and, and it talks a lot on the website about diversity and inclusiveness and what it means to be an airman and how that makes us stronger, our diversity. So we tell our airmen that when they were civilians to turn them into airmen. We were telling them that and they, they see it at basic, basic military training and at tech school. And, and they're going to continue to get it at their main operational base when they get there because you as leaders are going to ensure that happens. Some of my type ones are, are still sitting out there and thinking that this, well, I've heard you out now for about 30 minutes, Caleb, and, and I, I still don't believe it. 
Well, hopefully after episode three and four, uh, that strikes home for you a little bit more. But it is happening in our in our organizations. We have people being told they're worthless because they're a civilian. We have people that are that are messing up and uh, being discriminated against and mistreated. Do you do you know how it feels to be mistreated? Do you know how it feels to be made fun of? And some of you right now are a little bit mad. I know it's not hitting your ears just right, or maybe it is, and it's upsetting you. Well, I can't believe you're going to get upset. And how are you going to be an airman and a warrior if you're upset? Well, let me explain something to you there, hero. If you don't, if you've never experienced it, then I can't possibly expect you to fully understand. So I want you to listen to someone that has experienced it and try to try to see it from their perspective. Try to put their boots on. It's a path you won't walk in long. I can guarantee you that. You know, it fuels depression, anxiety, anger. Just imagine you're a brand new airman walking into an organization and you feel that you're getting discriminated against because of fill in the blank. How willing to perform for that organization? Are you going to be willing to perform? Are you going to be willing to perform for those that are making fun of you? Laughing behind your back, not accepting you into their groups because you don't look the same as they do? I know some of you are scratching your head like this does not go on and go on in our Air Force, but but it does. Just like General Goldfin and Chief Wright said, good leaders know that they have blind spots. I'll paraphrase again, but essentially that's what they're saying. They know you have blind spots. Every one of us have it. So what kind of organization, what kind of climate are you building in your organization to make sure that, for one, it's not happening? Two, if it is happening, that people feel comfortable standing up and coming forward. That's imperative on us. And so in episode five, five plus, I'll call it. We're going to have some power chiefs, some officers come on, some previous uh, squadron commanders come on and talk about that, how we build those organizations, how we maintain those organizations for some phenomenal people. People like Chief Joanne Bass, 2nd Air Force Command Chief, Chief BK, the Fighting 5th Air Force Command Chief, Chris Simpson, Chief Chris Chris Simpson, uh, the 18th Air Force Command Chief, our Command Chief out here at Ellsworth Air Force Base, Chief Hemingway. So yeah, we're going to have some star-studded chiefs on that have had, some of them have had a a harder walk than most, a harder journey than most getting where they are. So they're going to talk to us about building that organization. So I won't go too far down the five plus episode, but yeah, look across your organization. You're like, well, I don't know what kind of organization you've been part of, Caleb. I don't have any of that going on in my organization. False. Guarantee you have something. Now I would be naive if if I thought there wasn't one organization out there that that gets it hundred percent right and, and is absolutely you know, discrimination free. There, there might be one out there, but I've been around this world for a little bit now, 38 years now, and I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of human activity and human behavior. And I'm just here to tell you that it's going on. I had people contact me as soon as I posted this on the website that we were going to do this, had people contact me and say, Caleb, I wouldn't do that. And then I'll leave some other things out. They said, well, actually, I'll go ahead and say it. They say, Caleb, we don't have a diversity problem. We've got an African-American chief master of the Air Force. I can't even tell you how the rest of that conversation went. That's narrow-mindedness. That's foolish. Ignorant. Remember what I was talking about earlier about Sometimes people are the way they are because it's ignorance. It's discrimination fueled by ignorance in some cases. 
it might start out that way. I can't control again. I can't control. You can't control where our civilians that turn into airmen that we recruit to be airmen and warriors. We can't control where they come from. It's our job to lead, mentor, guide, and inspire, and direct, coach, and train them. Right. So at some point in time, they should have figured this out by now. So now you're in a. Uh, we'll leave them positionless right now, as they're sorting this stuff out in their heart. That's a problem. So again, look across your organizations. It's happening. You just aren't getting the right feedback. Again, some people are not even think they're 100% approachable. I'd love to think I'm 100% approachable. I'm just not that dumb. I know that's not true. I work every day at it. I work hard. I'm, I, what you see is what you get with me. On duty and off duty. I'm the same person. Caleb and Chief Baden is the same person. And you put you ask anybody that that runs with me, knows me, understands me, would say the same thing. But again, we're not approachable to every one of our airmen in our organization. So you got to set in the right feedbacks, feedback processes and systems. Spend time with your team if you're a leader. I love our chief of staff and chief master of the Air Force, our secretary of the Air Force. They are phenomenal, phenomenal leaders. But are they going to fix the discrimination and inclusive issue in your organization? No. Look, don't mishear me here. Like I said, I love them. They're doing great things for the Air Force. But if you expect them to be able to come and fix the problems in your organization, that's your job. That's not theirs. They give us the freedom to operate, move, shoot, move, and communicate. They give us the guidance, the directives, everything we need. General Goldfein, I tell you what, I, it just it made my day when I heard him say, squadrons are the heartbeat of the Air Force. And obviously everybody loves... Uh, Chief Wright, he's enlisted Jesus, right? That's what people refer to him as. So we got some phenomenal leaders at the top. But don't be waiting on them to come fix the problems in your organization. General Goldfein said, and I believe it 100%, squadron is the heartbeat of the Air Force. He's not telling your heart how to beat. He's saying, go figure it out. Go lead. And in this case, when we're talking about discrimination and inclusiveness, and he speaks about it in that 2019, excuse me, uh, that 2019 speech that he had, he talks about it, about real leaders understanding that that's the power of the Air Force, about these very topics we're talking about right now. Yet we still have airmen bringing me stories. Some of them might even be bringing them to you. So we haven't figured it out yet. So when you're about your organizations, spend time with your teams. Break bread with them. I take take a break with them, eat eat lunch with them, play some video games with them, watch TV with them, whatever it is they're doing in their organization or in their small small teams down in their offices and their their shops or work centers, you'll start to see, you'll start to see the people that sit by themselves. Because after you've been around for a little while and you build that rapport, people will be a little more comfortable. They'll show more of their true self, right? Again, if you're if you're new in a in a leadership position in a unit or in a flight. They're, they're not showing, if you're brand new, they're not showing you the true self. Just go ahead and understand that. There's a lot of things going on you don't know about. So you got to spend time with them. It takes time to build trust and rapport with your people. And as a leader, you have to do that. So anyway, you'll, you'll start to see that. Just the other day, I, I was in a, in a section and uh, I saw that. It caught my eye and I, I pulled the individual aside and I said, hey. And we'd had previous conversations through other, other things that were happening here on the base. And I asked him, I said, hey, are you okay? Can, can you tell me what, what this is about? I see you sitting over here by yourself. What's going on? 
And of course they, they taught me through it and it was more of a personal decision uh, on their own. But anyway, where I'm getting at with that is you'll, you'll start to see things. Things will stand out to you. You'll see reflections uh, in people's faces when other people are talking. I like to talk to my type twos here. Remember, those are the, the individuals, the warriors that we have that have been discriminated against or have seen it happen. So let me just ask you uh, this. Do, just do me, do yourself, do all of our airmen a huge favor. And one, have the courage, please. Have the courage to stand up and say something. If you know it doesn't feel right, doesn't sound right, it's a high probability, and I'll use my Southern background, it ain't right. So if it doesn't smell right, doesn't look right, it's probably not right. You need to say something about it. Now, if you're not comfortable and you're not part of an organization that has a climate where you feel safe to raise your hand and say, hey, this isn't right, then, then you need to let somebody know. Somebody that you do trust. Somebody that you can confide in. And tell them the truth. Tell them what's going on. But there's something else. Also, don't want you to assume that everyone in the organization knows about the hell that you've experienced or that one of your wingmen has experienced when it comes to discrimination. There'll be times where senior leaders in the squadron, i.e. the chief master sergeant, the superintendent, if you will, the first sergeant, the commander come by, they're coining people, or they're handing out stripes, or they're high-fiving people. They might walk into your shop and, and talk to the NCO. We'll call him Johnny. Johnny always gets beat up in the Air Force. But and so if there's a real Staff Sergeant Johnny out there, I'm not talking about you. But they'll come in and this is an example of what, what an NCO is. This is what we need more of in our organization. And just two days ago, uh, Sergeant Johnny was making fun of you or discriminating against you. So here you are listening to the superintendent, squadron superintendent, so the chief master in the squadron, top enlisted in the squadron, your first sergeant, your commander, and maybe your DO, it depends on how your organization is set up, high-fiving somebody, talking about how this is the example of what an NCO needs to be. Then you might be susceptible to assume that everyone in the chain of command knows what's going on and approves of it. So from a type one sitting out there, just imagine now someone in that position. Remember the well-respected and well-liked that I was talking about? Look at that scenario. Somebody's been discriminated against. The commander, the chief, the first sergeant walk in and they're high-fiving the same individual Let's put this boot on real quick. You. You are high-fiving the same individual that just discriminated against someone in that same room that you're in right now, maybe even minutes before you walked in the door. Well, Caleb, what am I supposed to do about that? How am I supposed to know they've been discriminated against? What I want you, and so again, type one sitting there, you've, you've done this. You've walked in and you've high-fived somebody. I guarantee you, the high, it's high probability you have anyway. I've done it. Had no idea what was going on in that section when I wasn't there. What I want you to take from this is to completely understand that you have blind spots. And you have no idea 100% of what's going on in the organization. You're human. Don't beat yourself up over it. What you do need to do is make sure you're building leaders in your squadron, in your organization, that can help be the professional eyes and ears to root stuff like that out. So back to the individual that may have 
live that on the other side, if you will, the one being discriminated against or seeing it happen. Don't assume that the commander in chief and the first sergeant know. You just heard me lay that example out. Don't assume that I know. You have to tell me. And if you don't feel comfortable telling me, telling your chief, telling your first sergeant, telling your supervisor, telling your flight chief, or anyone in your chain of command, there's organizations on a military installation that are there for you. Inspector General and the Military Equal Opportunity Office. So the Equal Opportunity and IG, so EO and IG, you might go to, I don't know which one to go to, chief. I don't know which one to go to. It don't matter. Just go to one of them. They'll point you in the right direction. Sure, you might have to go to a couple of different offices. But don't worry about whether you're going to the right one or not. Somebody points you in the right direction. You've got to stand up and you've got to speak up. Because if you think the commander and the chief and the shirt know everything that's going on in the squadron, I don't want to beat a, beat a horse again, but if you, if you think that they know everything that's going on in the squadron, they don't. So please don't assume that they understand what's going on. But I know I speak for every command team that cares about their airmen that I'd rather you go to the IG or the EO. Just tell, go talk to somebody. I mean, I'd rather you come to me and tell me. So don't let me, don't let me confuse you. I'd rather you come to me and tell me. But I'm saying if, you don't, if you're not comfortable, for whatever reason, go tell somebody. Let me give you an example of, of why this is so important. Well, it's important for so many reasons. I mean, we all, as human beings, if we breathe oxygen, we deserve respect and, and, and treatment with dignity. Now, some people might be sitting out there, well, if you lose my respect, okay, listen to me, buddy. Whoever you are out there with that thought. I'm a human being. You're a human being. I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect as a human. I don't have to. Well, if you've made some bad decisions, it's not. It's time for you to move on from the Air Force. I don't have to do that in an undignified way. I still treat you as a human being. So, had a, had someone come to me and tell me they were an NCO at the time. And, and they came to me and said, hey, uh, this is going on. They were getting... You know, I'd, I'd been around the organization for a little bit and starting to build the trust and the rapport factor with the airmen. So NCO came to me and was giving me this. So every time you come in and talk to me, I always ask you, you know, it's kind of upfront, like, hey, what do you want me to do with this conversation we're going to have? If I know what's going on, you know, if there's already, I already have a little bit of an inkling of, of what we're going to discuss and if it's a, it's a high priority and it's a critical conversation, you know, I'll say, hey, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just sit and listen? Do you want me to action any of this? Um, do you want me to put my door kicking boots on? What what exactly are you looking for here? And so we had that conversation and he told me about some discrimination or even to his own words, perceived discrimination about what was going on in his shop. They weren't ever invited to, you know, the get togethers and they were always kind of, you know, inadvertently left out, so to speak. Not, you know, I'm doing air quotations. I know you can't see me, but they weren't really left out inadvertently. No, they were left out on purpose. But, you know, it was kind of one of those things. It was easy to defend. You know, you know, you've been there. Like you can't really put your finger on it, but you know. You know it's why people are doing what they're doing. It's, it's because you don't look like them or you have different beliefs, political or religious beliefs than them. And uh, so they weren't feeling like they were included in the in the shop. And uh, I said, okay, well, you know, and this has been going on since he was a senior airman. You know, A1C moving into senior airman. And so there was three individuals at the same time that all felt the same way about this particular work section. And so I'm like, okay, well, what are you, you going to do about this? I'm just going to keep my head down and, and just keep moving through it. And, you know, I'm, I'm about to PCS and, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, they're about to, you know, separate from their force, their, their enlistments up. I said, okay. All right. So when you came in here, you told me you didn't want me to action anything. So, and I told you, if you tell me about discrimination happening, I'm going to have to action it. I mean, like, even if you tell me not to, I'm going to action it because here, let me explain this to you, Staff Sergeant. 
you might just put your head down and keep grinding and you try to brush it off. There's a lot of people across your organization, potentially, hopefully there's not a lot, but there are, there are people across organizations, our formations that get discriminated against and they try to brush it off. Remember, it's the well-respected, the well-liked. What am I going to say? Who's going to believe me? This is only going to make my situation worse. Remember, these, the people that have already been discriminated against, they're, they already feel like in some cases they're worthless. Nobody's going to believe me because it's a, it's a, it's a continuation thing. Go ahead and explain some of this to you. I'll take a little bit of a, a diversion rabbit hole here for you. Individuals get discriminated against in the Air Force. That's probably not their first time being discriminated against. And they're going to join an elite group. And that's what they thought. And 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 they did. They just didn't end up in the right section because they ended up in a section that discriminated against them. They're going to join an elite group, be part of something bigger than themselves, and go do great things for our Air Force. Great things for themselves. And then they ended up in your shop. Hmm. So they're probably their confidence level is probably not really high. And they're probably not going to go say, hey, this person or that person did this thing or that thing. So I said, hey, if you're not standing up and you're not speaking out, you're just going to keep your head down. You're going to try to brush your brush it off your shoulders. And I mentioned the airman's name I won't mention here. Brand new A1C had just come into that shop. And, and so since he had based this um, conversation off his uh, ethnicity and his skin color and those that looked like him, that's why I'm about to say what I'm going to say. I said, hey, Staff Sergeant. I said, that brand new airman, full of opportunity, full of hope. And he happened to walk past about 15 minutes prior to this part of the conversation, walk past uh, the area where we were standing. We were standing outside. He'd walk past and he waved to us and said hello to us. I said, you remember his face when he walked by? I said, he looked at me kind of funny, the NCO I was talking to. And he's like, yes, chief. I said, remember how happy he looked? He's like, yes, chief. Where are you going with this? I said, he looks just like you. He's like, what do you mean? I said, his skin tone is exactly like yours. He's like, yes, chief, what are you saying? I said, so you just told me that three of you that looked exactly like, so two of you that looked exactly like you, so three total, in that section have been discriminated against because of the way you look. And this ray of sunshine, for no other way to describe him, just a bubbly personality, just eager to get after it, innovative mind, is going to get crushed. Imagine if I wasn't standing here, NCO. Imagine if I wasn't going to go back to that shop and adjust some things, go back to that flight leadership and do a little more digging in and, and get things adjusted. Imagine what would happen to him. He just looked at me, had a couple of tears coming down his face by that point. I said, I'm not beating you up, young man. I said, I just want you to understand that our action or inaction has so many ripple effects. I want you to think about that. If you're not comfortable going to someone in your organization. And remember the two organizations I talked about. You can go to them. It's vitally important as airmen that we always maintain a professional demeanor. And if you got something in your heart where you just can't see past somebody's skin color or their sexual preference or religious preference, I'm going to have to ask you to assess why you're in our Air Force. So, Airmen, hear me when I say this. If you know something's going on that shouldn't be going on, things are being said that aren't professional or discriminative, and 
uh, in nature. You got to stand up and you got to say something. Change is going to start with you. Again, don't assume that the commander in the shirt and the chief walking around know what's going on. Just because they're high-fiving somebody doesn't mean that they support that. There might be some cases that that's happening, and please go see IGNEO. But I would say 99.9% of the cases, that is not the case. They don't know what's going on, so don't assume that that's happening. I'd like to read you something from the Air Force Diversity website. There's no other country in the world so widely diverse yet so deeply committed to being unified as the United States of America. The challenges we face today are far too serious and the implications of failure far too great for our Air Force to do less than fully and inclusively leverage our nation's greatest strength. Our remarkably diverse people. Across the force, diversity of background, experience, demographics, perspectives, thought, and organization are essential to our ultimate success in an increasingly competitive and dynamic global environment. As air power advocates, we must be culturally competent and operationally relevant to effectively accomplish our various missions. Can I just level with y'all? Here's what I want. Here's what every airman in the United States Air Force wants and deserves. Again, when I say airman, I'm not talking about any specific grade. We have civilian airmen. We have uniformed airmen and all different grades. E's and O's and all the different civilian grades that we have. Every one of airmen in the United States Air Force deserve respect and dignity. Is that so hard to ask for? Remember the three gates I talked to you about? Hey, real talk real quick. Let's just, I've been talking for a while. Let's, let's put a bow on this. I need you to look in your heart. What's your heart? Because guess what? If the sergeant, the mass sergeant, the chief is different than the mister or the missus, I'm not saying don't have a personal life. I'm not saying that at all. But if it's that different, there's a facade that's going to crack. It's going to shine through and they're not going to see it anyway. So evaluate your heart. I don't care what position you're in, in the organization where you serve, because we all have an opportunity, the ability, the obligation to stop discrimination wherever it is. Stop it dead in its tracks. If you're a leader, squash it. If you don't feel like you're in a position in the organization where you're considered a leader, there's a whole other conversation I need to have with you because everybody's a leader in their own right. But if you feel like there's, there's just nothing I can do, you're absolutely wrong. You can take a stand and you can be a voice. So I need you to all to look in your hearts. What are we here for? Here for the defense of our nation. It takes each and every one of us. We're a professional warfighting organization, profession of arms. We should know nothing but professionalism. And every time we open our mouth, it should pass the three gates. What are the three gates again? Is it necessary? Is it true? And the big one, is it kind? Well, Caleb, I thought you said we were a warfighting organization. Yeah, warriors are compassionate too. If we can't look our fellow airmen in the eye and tell them we accept them for being a human being, then it's time for you, the one that cannot accept them as a human being, to beat feet. It's time to go. I know those are tough words, but as a leader, 
Remember what I said? Lace up your boots. It ain't going to be easy. This is part of it ain't being easy. We treat everyone with dignity and respect. So whether you feel like you're in a position to squash it or not, you have a responsibility and an obligation to be a good wingman. Find someone you are comfortable telling. I get it. If you're not comfortable with anybody in your chain of command, go tell someone that you are comfortable with. If you're in the chain of command and you see it, squash it. It's time to stop it. There's no place for it in our Air Force, but it is happening. Over the next few episodes, we're going to talk about that. So episode two coming up, we'll talk about, we'll bring the subject matter experts on. We'll talk about some definitions and statistics and things of that nature. And then episode three, we'll hear our warrior stories. I have a few stories that some warriors have come forward and said they're willing to share. Episode four, we're going to answer some questions. We'll give you an opportunity to ask some questions about those stories. Maybe just ask me some questions. There'll be a link posted in the show notes at the end of each episode. I've been working with the SMEs and advised me not to do open comments on Facebook for, for people's own protection. Because people will get on there and make comments and in the heat of the moment, not really think about what's being said or what they said uh, taken out of context. So to be an anonymous, you can provide a go-by name if you want so that when I'm answering questions, I know who to address it to. But you'll click the link and about three more clicks and you'll have your feedback filled out or your questionnaire filled out. You can provide your name if you want or provide a go-by name. Ask questions, provide feedback to, to me or tell me more of your stories. Because if nothing else, if you just get comfortable telling me, even if you want to leave out all the particulars of it and you just start building a confidence on telling your story, I'm here for you. If you give me names and locations, we'll engage the right people. We'll get we'll get some some ball uh, the ball rolling, so to speak. And then episode five. Episode five is going to be a good one where episode five plus is actually what it's going to be about four different episodes within episode five of senior leaders talking to other leaders about how to build that organization that I referred to multiple times about a safe environment, an environment for growth, an environment where I'm an airman feeling like I'm discriminated against. I can stick my hand up and it's not going to get worse for me. The problem is actually going to stop. So we're going to have some leaders on some tried, tested, proven true leaders come on and talk to us about how to build those types of organizations and some of their experiences in regards to how they dealt with discrimination in their organizations. So again, my heart on this entire thing is to shine a light, to let people know it's an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people. Like I said before, people came and said, hey, I wouldn't talk about that. It's a minefield. It's dangerous. Good. I got boots on. What kind of foot gear you got on? Kicking doors. Let's roll. So yeah, we're going to talk about it. I look forward to your feedback. Don't be afraid to, to send in questions when the warriors share their stories. Ask them questions. I will ask you this, though. When you ask the question, make sure it's a legitimate question. Make sure it's a question that, that helps in the endeavor here to shine light on discrimination that's happening in our Air Force and how to stop it. Ask them questions about perseverance in their stories, how they persevered. Otherwise, we're not going to talk about if you ask something that's degrading or off-putting, your question won't be talked about anyway. So, as I put a bow on this, thank you for what you do. I love being an airman. I love our airmen in the Air Force. And I want nothing more than you to be treated with dignity and respect. You deserve that. That's your right. You've earned that. 
breathe in oxygen that you're right. So please, leaders that are out getting it done, wearing your boots, getting it done right, keep doing it. Keep leading. Keep taking care of your airmen. Type ones that are still sitting there thinking nothing's wrong, nothing's happening. Please, keep an open mind and an open ear, open eyes. Adjust yourself. Because it is happening. And for those that have been discriminated against, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've gone through that. You should never have experienced that in a professional warfighting organization. And I'm sorry that you did experience it. Please don't let your story be silent. Speak up. Share with others. Because your story is going to help build confidence in that young airman right now that might be experiencing discrimination and is afraid to speak up. Your story has more power than you might give it credit for. So please share your story. That does it for this episode. Thanks for dialing in. Thanks for being on this journey with us. And as always, legends, keep it real. Well, hey, Legends, that does it for episode one. That was a little tough, wasn't it? But hey, that's real talk. And that's what leaders do. We, we have real talk, and we talk about those things that, that need to be discussed so we can address it, get after it, and make some progress. A couple of things that I, I mentioned in there, uh, I want to go back and re, readdress real quick. Uh, a conversation I was having with a young NCO trying to meet, make sure that that individual knew as a leader and as an NCO in that shop that they had responsibility beyond themselves to stand up for our airmen. And also when I talk about it ain't easy as a leader, when you're addressing these situations, a lot of people that claim to be a leader, those non-boot wearing leaders, sneak out the back door. So I'm talking about lace them up, it ain't always easy. But thanks for what you do out there. Thanks for sticking with me through episode one. Look forward to you dialing back in on episode two. And until we chat again, leaders, keep it real. Welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. So glad you found your way back. And hey, team, I got a great uh, treat for you today. Uh, just a, an amazing opportunity. So this was out of cycle, but I still wanted to share it with you. Uh, I had, a, had an opportunity to sit down with four superheroes and just go through about what feedback means. Now, keep in mind, this is from an Air Force perspective. Uh, so there's some Air Force jargon in there, some Air Force acronyms. But I just really believe that you can find a place uh, for the advice given, the ideals provided in your organization and how you deal with feedback or the lack thereof. Well, without further ado, let's get right into it and talk about the other taboo F word, feedback. The good, the bad, the ugly, the truth. Real talk with Caleb. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the audience. Thanks for always coming back uh, to Real Talk with Caleb. And uh, hopefully that you were really just blessed by this. A special shout out to Lieutenant Colonel George Nichols, Technical Sergeant Leslie Backus, Technical Sergeant Jonathan Marshick, and Senior Master Sergeant Greg Wittett. Uh, thanks so much, heroes, for being on the show. And thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Keep leading our airmen out there in the Air Force. And just again, thanks for all that you do. Until next time, legends. Keep it real.